You're listening to the Gordon Damer Show podcast on 98.7 ESPN. Welcome in. This is the Gordon Damer Show. This is 98.7 FM ESPN New York. Oh, my goodness. So much to do. So much to talk about. And we do so over the next hour, the next 60 minutes as we lead you up until Golick and Wingo who come your way at 6 o'clock. This Monday edition, this Super Bowl edition of the Gordon Damer Show. Chiefs going to be celebrating this one for a very long time. After waiting a very long time to celebrate this one. And the 49ers, I think, are going to be regretting last night a lot longer than that. But Super Bowl 54 is in the books. And that is, of course, where we begin and probably what we'll be focused on all day. So congratulations to the Kansas City Chiefs. Andy Reid's long wait for that Super Bowl title is finally over. The Chiefs fans' wait for a Super Bowl title is finally over. And Patrick Mahomes is your Super Bowl MVP, the favorite to win the award going in. I think most people kind of felt like if the Chiefs were going to win the Super Bowl, it was going to be hard based on how their team is made up, to envision a way that they win and Patrick Mahomes was not the Super Bowl MVP. Even though didn't really have a great night last night until, I guess, until the end, right? Until it really mattered. And for all this season, it's kind of fitting that the Chiefs come back the way they do from down 20-10 to to win 31-20. When you think about the playoff games that the Chiefs, the playoff run that the Chiefs had, trailing by double digits in each game, Mahomes 5-0 and this season when trailing by 10 points or more. And I guess what you would say about Patrick Mahomes, outside of the fact that he was the Super Bowl MVP, was he made the plays when he needed to make the plays. And look, this Super Bowl, i got to be honest, for a fourth-quarter comeback from down 10 points, with the former MVP getting named Super Bowl MVP, this was not a Super Bowl. Chocked with great plays here and there, once-in-a-lifetime plays here and there, even with the huge comeback, even with Patrick Mahomes, the face of the league right now, being the one who engineers the comeback for the Kansas City Chiefs, it's not really a game, and maybe it's because it's just fresh in my mind right now, maybe I'll look back at it later, but generally, you know it when you go through it, right? When, like, when Eli had the helmet catch in the Super Bowl against the Patriots, you knew that was the play you were always going to be focused on and always think back and, and, and realize that when the Super Bowl comes up and you see the highlights of past Super Bowls, you're always going to see that play. Not really that many great plays last night in the game. And even though it was a good game, I'm not saying it wasn't, a, it was a snooze fest or anything like that. But I don't think it's one that you'll look back and say, oh, man, I can never forget that play. I guess the one that you would say, if you had to pick one, and I do think it was kind of the turning point of the game, third and 15, down 20 to 10, Patrick Mahomes has the big completion to Tyreek Hill. And keep in mind where you're at in the game. You're down 10 points. It's the fourth quarter. It's not like the second drive of the second half or something. At this point, it's it's – Time to either put up or shut up. And the last possession, Mahomes throws his second interception of the game. And up until that point, up until third and 15, more importantly, not only did the Chiefs only score 10 points at that point, Mahomes has not looked like himself at all. Did not look like himself early in this game, which maybe 
is kind of be expected, right? He's never experienced this before. I know that there was one, maybe it was the first drive, he had a swing pass to Damian Williams, and it was like he, he threw it like a rocket. You know, like he needed to put just a little bit of touch under the ball, and Damian Williams would have probably ran for 10, 15 yards. But it was like that pretty much the entire night. Mahomes just never really looked comfortable, had two interceptions, which is unlike him as well. Not necessarily the interceptions, it was the way the interceptions kind of came about that didn't really feel right. And it felt like at that point he had never really settled in. And the Chiefs' offense had not looked like the Chiefs' offense. It would be one thing if they were taking shots down the field and it was just being defended perfectly or or they were just a little bit off on the timing here or there. They really weren't doing that. They weren't playing their style of football. They were very conservative, not necessarily Andy Reid, but the offense was very conservative, taking what they could get and not really living up to what their reputation has been of a team that uses their speed and, and, and beats you, maybe not over and over and over again, but they'll have that play where all of a sudden it gets rolling, and they had not done that. And this is midway through the fourth quarter, and the great Chiefs offense has 10 points. And Mahomes, I'd have to say at that point, looked shook. And the Niners are about eight minutes away from a Super Bowl title feeling pretty good. Plus, keep in mind, if you remember, on second and 15, they had just had a completion to Tyreek Hill of about 15 or 16 yards, but and it was ruled a catch. But the Niners challenge, and that challenge gets overturned. So now it's third and 15, and it's about seven or eight minutes to go in the ballgame. It's time to put up or shut up, and absolutely, that's what Patrick Mahomes does. He hits the 49-yarder to Tyreek Hill, and it's almost like at that point, they were kind of like sleepwalking. And, and not sleepwalking in that they were, you know, I'm sure the Niners' defense was doing things to take away the big play. But from that point on, the Chiefs kind of looked like the Chiefs. That one play kind of shocked them back to life. And they're like, oh, right, yeah, we got <laughs> to get moving here. And from that point on, the Chiefs looked like the Chiefs. Mahomes looked like Mahomes. Caps the touchdown, uh, caps the drive with the touchdown to, uh, to Kelsey. That makes it 20-17. to 17. Niners get the ball back, and I don't know about you, but at that point, knowing what you know, feeling what you feel throughout that game, you're thinking, well, look, if the, and I don't have a dog in the fight. I don't really care about who really won. I just wanted a good game. But when you're sitting there thinking of, all right, what do the Niners have to do? You're thinking the, Chief, the, the, the Niners better not give this ball back to them, right? They can't afford to not get some points on this drive. Or certainly, even they don't need points, right? They're leading. They got, with this big power running game, they have to be able to now control the line of scrimmage, which they did for the most part throughout the night offensively. They got to be able to run this ball. If they have a trick play or two, now's the time to pull it out. Whatever you need to do to make sure that you do not give the ball back to Kansas City. It wasn't so much... It was twofold, right? Like, you want to eat clock, but you also have to move the ball. You should not, even at six minutes, even leading the way you have for the most part, I don't think that you can be thinking at that point, and they did play it very conservative throughout the game, and we'll get to some of the decisions by Kyle Shanahan, and that kind of ties into the poll question today. I don't think at that point you have to be thinking, all right, we just have to milk the clock. No, it's about making sure you get some points here or, or do something 
where you're taking control back of the game. And they were not able to do that. They took basically a minute off the clock. They ran three plays and punted. And at that point, you're thinking, ruh-roh, not good for the uh, San Francisco 49ers. And next drive, Chiefs looked like the Chiefs. They had that big completion of Sammy Watkins right back down the field. They cap it with the uh, pass to Damian Williams for the touchdown, which gives them the lead. And that play was reviewed. And thank God they got it right. They got that play right. How did they get that play right? Well, look, if you look at that replay, it's very hard to tell whether or not Damian Williams, as he's going for the end zone, he reaches the ball out at about the same time his foot comes down out of bounds. And I'm going to tell you, I think it's kind of unknowable, even watching the replay, whether or not that ball goes over the, the or touches the the line before his foot reaches the out of bounds. But that's how replay is supposed to work. Replay is not designed to get every single call perfect. It is to fix the egregiously wrong call. So if you look at that play, I'm sure you've probably seen it. I've seen it probably about 20 times now because that's all they were doing, replay, replay, replay it. You can look at it once, and if it doesn't jump out, doesn't scream to you, oh my goodness, that was wrong. Like the Tyreek Hill play on second and 15, where he obviously trapped the ball against the ground. That was a wrong call. They blew that call. They fixed it right away. Same thing with the Damian Williams touchdown. It was not evident, or not clearly evident, that he touched out of bounds before. They called it a touchdown. It's a touchdown. Move it along. No need to be constant. You saw what you saw. And it's time to move along. So the Chiefs have the lead. And after the game, uh, it almost felt like people were making it out like it was inevitable, right? The Chiefs, you knew they were going to get going at some point. No, you didn't. And I wonder how, I'm sure that that's probably the way it was going. it's going to be remembered, right? Like the takeaways from today are going to be Patrick Mahomes made the plays in the fourth quarter when he needed to, which he absolutely did. Patrick Mahomes was the Super Bowl MVP, which was what he was named. I don't know whether or not he was really the MVP. I think it kind of just plays into just how hard it is to come up with a singular player in a game like that because I guess it's the best of the options, but it wasn't like to, you know, for most of the game, he did not play well. Now, he made the plays, and they were the key plays, but it wasn't your typical MVP-type performance in the Super Bowl. But what has to really get under the skin of the 49ers is they had their chance, man. They had their chance even after that touchdown, even after the Chiefs take the lead and, and are up by four. Now, you're up by four for the Chiefs. You're down by four if you're the Niners. So you can't just play for the field goal. But they get the ball back. They hit. They go with Mostert for, for like 15-yard run. They hit Kittle, who was completely... Not focused on enough to me by the Niners. Now, look, you have to kind of see the whole game. You have to look at the the overhead to see, well, was he open? Was he not? I saw like two or three plays where Kittle was open and Garoppolo did not go to him. And really surprising. It's one thing if the team, like, they were doubling him. But 
it was one thing if, if he's just shut down the entire – there were plays to be made, even in the, 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 the broadcast last night that you watched. But they hit Kittle for eight. They hit the guy Bourne for like 15 yards. And they're right at midfield. And while I'm sure most of the focus will be on the plays made by Patrick Mahomes, about a minute and a half to go, third and 15 for the Niners, Emmanuel Sanders gets behind the defense. Talk about a no-show Sanders. I mean, you almost forgot he was on the Niners last night. But he gets behind the defense. Would have been a touchdown with a good throw, with a perfect throw. And Garoppolo just simply missed him. And then he gets sacked on fourth down. And then the Chiefs score another touchdown, and it's good night nurse. So for the Chiefs, the party's on. But for the 49ers, it's going to be an offseason filled with a lot of what-ifs, not just for Garoppolo, who I guess, you know, sometimes the game just comes down to that, right? Like sometimes we're looking for this deeper meaning, this play, that play. Sometimes it's just one quarterback made the plays when he needed to, and one play, one quarterback did not make the plays that he needed to. And not even plays, play. Because if he hits that one play, it might be a completely different result. Our poll question, which is up for today, on Twitter, at Gordon Dame, are all about, obviously, Super Bowl 54. It's now in the books. What was the most memorable aspect of it? And the four options are, A, Patrick Mahomes' play. He is the Super Bowl MVP. Was it the ads? A lot of people love the ads. That's, that game is the one game throughout the entire season, maybe it's like this for you, that I watch with my family. Most of the time, my wife, my daughter, could not possibly care less about football. In fact, leave the room because the football is on, especially my daughter. But that's the one game that the whole family sits around, and a lot of times it's about the ads for them or halftime for them. And it's every year on that day, I remember why I actually prefer that I watch the game by myself. People are constantly getting up, walking in front of the screen. Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. Yes, well, the game is going on. And then I'm the jerk for saying something. I just want to sit and watch the game. My daughter's getting up. My wife's getting up. It's like I'm constantly bobbing and weaving. I'm like Tyson in like 86. Come on. Just sit down and be quiet for 10 minutes. So they were gone by halftime. But is it the ads? Is it halftime? Was the halftime show? A lot of people like the halftime show. Brian Munguia, producer. I love the halftime show. Love the halftime show. A lot of people like the halftime show. Or uh, was it Kyle Shanahan's decision? So you can certainly uh, vote on the poll question. It's up on Twitter, at Gordon Damer. Well, let's take one out right away. The ads were not very memorable. If I, if I asked you right now, without looking at anything, like not being reminded, there's a, there's a, a piece right now on the news about some of the Super Bowl ads, the Tom Brady, Brady commercial. Super Bowl ad. But if you weren't looking at that right now, A, would you be, would you, rem- I guess you would remember it was an ad, right? Because the photo was the conversation last week. But would you remember what it was an ad for? I wouldn't have remembered what it was an ad for. I'd probably have to think about it for a few minutes. The ads were terrible. There was only one that I really loved. Which one was that? The NFL 100 when the kid is running towards the field. That, that, was, one, one. that, was, that amazing. was a good one, but you're already, I mean, I don't know. What's the point That's of the, the only ad? one you're that I like. watching football. Like, I can't watch any more football than I'm watching right now. It was a nice ad, and it was beautifully done in that it transitioned. You didn't even really realize, hey, look, you know. But the ads were not very good. The only ad I remember 
And I remember what the product was, was the one for Jeep with Bill Murray, and it's Groundhog Day. And it's like the movie Groundhog Day where he's constantly doing, right? Ned Ryerson. And I remember that that was for Jeep. That's the only one I remember off the top of my head. I think the only one I – another one that I remember was the Hyundai one because they're making like fun of the Boston accent. Right. Yeah. Now that you say it, I remember it. But I I wouldn't – it wouldn't have jumped out at the time to me. So I didn't think the ads were very good at all. The halftime show a lot of people liked. Kyle Shanahan's decisions. Well, look, I I do not look at that last night's Super Bowl, and I know maybe it's the prisoner of the moment that a lot of people are going to get caught up in. I do not look at that Super Bowl as some classic. It was a good game, but it just was not really chock-piled with a lot of memorable plays. Like the third and 15 was certainly memorable, but there were not a lot of plays to me that jumped out and said, wow, I'll remember that play forever. It's kind of nondescript that way. And maybe if you're Kyle Shanahan... You would love for people to forget about that game as quickly as possible. Because while the Chiefs are Super Bowl chance, Patrick Mahomes is Super Bowl MVP, it just shows you that when in doubt, go with the quarterback, right? Because that was not a great game for Patrick Mahomes. And it was, I think, clearly his worst game of the playoffs. Now, what was riding on it was so far more significant than a divisional playoff game. But he was bad for three quarters. To me, It's kind of hard to pick one individual player, but if you're basing it on the performance in that game, I know the quarterback position is far more insignificant and important than the running back position. But to me, if you're basing it on the performance in that game, I think to me, the more important person was Damian Williams. Had the touchdown that gave them a lead for good, had the touchdown that broke open the game and uh, made it a runaway. I also think that it's hard to pick an individual player on the defense, but I think the defense had a major impact on that game as well. Down 20 to 10, they had to come up with major plays, and they did. And when it was a three-point game, not only did they stop the Niners, they got them on a three and out after giving up five yards on the very first play. But of course, the game is not just about who won. It's also about who lost. And the Niners, make no mistake, they lost this Super Bowl. They did individual things to cost themselves this Super Bowl. Now, I do think the Chiefs are the better team after watching them play. And if you had told me that the Chiefs had won the game 31-20, but it came about in a different way where the Chiefs had played from in front a lot, that would be one thing. But there's no mistake. Kyle Shanahan had a very rough day yesterday. And it started before the fourth quarter. It started before the second half. It started, really, with the first half. The thing that everybody was talking about at halftime. And and rightfully so. It's not an overreaction. It's not a second guess if you're thinking about it as it's going on. As you're watching the game. As you're watching John Lynch in the skybox above doing the timeout. Call a timeout. Call a timeout. Why he did not call the timeout when you had three of them before the punt is absolutely beyond me. If for no other reason to see what happens in the punt, right? Like call a timeout, give yourself as much options as you can at that point. And Kyle Shanahan, for whether right or wrong, and it turned out to be wrong, he played that night very conservative. Now, there's no – everybody says in, in hindsight, hey, I want to be aggressive. I always want to be aggressive. No approach is right all the time, and there are times 
when playing conservative would be the right way to go. And there were times if Kyle Shanahan had stuck to that game plan last night, it certainly would have been far more beneficial than what he did. But I thought it was weird. You win the coin toss, right? And you have to decide that in the lead-up to the game, right? If you win the coin toss, we're going to defer. Why are you going to do that? Well, we're going to do that maybe because you want your defense to get out there and that's the real strength of your team. But I think also part of it is, like all these teams do, you want to get the two-for-one. You want to get the last possession or score late in the first half and then be able to get the ball to start the second half. And they had the op- they had the possibility of doing that. Now they'd have to drive the field, but it was like he had no, he just wanted to get into halftime with a tie score. It would be one thing if they were leading 13 to 10 and he didn't go for the throat. It was a tie game. It wasn't like you were leading or it wasn't like, ah, you know what? We're, we're, we're happy with where we're at. To be happy with where you're at when you've held the Chiefs to only 10 points, that's great. But you've only scored 10 yourself. And Shanahan played a conservative in the first half. Even in the second half, they have the field goal that gives them the lead at 13 to 10 at that point. And it was a fourth and two from the Chiefs 25. I think at that point, for two yards, that's another chance to go for the throat. Now, look, it's a tie game. You want to take the lead at that point? I, I guess I don't have maybe as much of a problem as that as the, as the way he handled it. In the first half, but I think that that, if you're coming up with a list of decisions that have to be rethought through the prism of what you know now, that's one of them too. And then the final one, and maybe the biggest one of which, that really jumped out in the moment at the time. Chiefs get the touchdown. And they're still trailing. They're still trailing by three at that point, right? Six minutes to go, you get the ball. You realize we cannot give them the ball back at this point, right? Now it's time to do what we do. Now it's about what do we do best. It's about instilling our will in this game, stemming any momentum that the Chiefs had, and showing that we're the better team. They get the ball, they run first down, they get five yards. That's what, if you, if you like the Niners coming in, yes, you thought that maybe Garoppolo can make a play here or there, but the primary engine of that, that, that offense for, for, uh, for San Francisco is the run game. And they showed at times that they could control the line of scrimmage and punish them with the run. So then on second and five, with about, again, six minutes to go in the game, the most critical drive that the Niners had at that point Cannot give the ball back to the Chiefs. Have to not only run clock, but get yards. You have to you have to get out of your own territory there. And what do they do? That's when Kyle Shanahan decides to put the game into the hands of Jimmy Garoppolo. Back-to-back passing plays that go absolutely nowhere. And they give the ball back, and then obviously the rest is history. So for Kyle Shanahan, a very rough night, a rough night to kind of explain some of the decisions away. So there have now been three teams in Super Bowl history to lose a fourth quarter lead of 10 points. Kyle Shanahan has called the offensive plays for two of them. 
after the 10-minute mark in the fourth quarter, those two teams have been outscored by a combined 46 to zip. And the drives for those two Kyle Shanahan-led teams, here you go. Three plays fumble, six plays punt, four plays punt, five plays punt, three plays punt, seven plays turnover on downs, two plays interception. Perhaps it was fitting that the Super Bowl came on Groundhog Day because it must have felt like Groundhog Day for Kyle Shanahan. Very rough night for the 49ers. Very rough night for Kyle Shanahan. So to answer the poll question, to me, at least right now, maybe a week from now I'll feel differently. Maybe a month from now I might feel differently. Maybe next year by the time Super Bowl 55 rolls around, I'll think about it differently. But at least for right now, how I feel the most memorable aspect of last night to me was Kyle Shanahan's decisions. More so than Patrick Mahomes' play, more so than halftime, and certainly much more than the ads. one 800 919 espm 1-800-919-3776. Coming up, we'll get your phone calls involved. We'll get more into the poll question, moment of inspiration to come. Lots to do. We'll get into the ads and the uh, halftime show as well, which was memorable. I'm not saying it wasn't memorable. And it was certainly much more memorable than last year's. What last year's, Brian? You said was Maroon Five. I'm pretty sure it was Maroon Five. Yeah, that was not. I don't really. Re- I don't even remember it was Maroon Five. I remember Maroon Five did one. I didn't remember that it was last year. So maybe, maybe the question of memory, it maybe is more of a question of the things that I don't remember. Maybe that's the bigger problem. But we'll get into that coming up. Obviously, now second and six. Williams makes a cut. Perfect call by Joe Buck. There was the, that was the second touchdown by Damian Williams, who to me, I'm not saying that the running back is more important. Obviously, you need the quarterback to kind of guide the offense. To me, if you're basing it on what the actual performance was last night, to me, the Super Bowl MVP probably should have been Damian Williams. But, you, you know... They're going to go with the quarterback all the time. What are you going to do? Join the Michael K. Show at the 33rd Annual Connecticut Cancer Foundation Celebrity Dinner and Memorabilia Auction taking place Friday, February 7th at Mohegan Sun. This is a special evening with the proceeds going to a special charity, the Connecticut Cancer Foundation, helping families with assistance for everyday living expenses to help with critical needs while battling this horrific disease. Call 860-388-0788 to purchase a seat and to hang out with Major League Baseball stars and personalities, including New York Yankees, Gary Sanchez, Adam Adovino, Gio Urshela, and more. For more information, call 860-388-0788 or go to ConnecticutCancerFoundation.org. And speaking of the Super Bowl yesterday, how about Aaron Boone, Yankee manager, perfectly nailing final score, 31-20. So hopefully that's a sign of things to come with the uh, pitchers and catchers set to report in nine days. And the report yesterday, Red Sox on the verge of coming up to a decision on Mookie Betts, trading him either the Dodgers, the Padres, trading him someplace else. Certainly feels good to be a Yankee fan. And not only did Aaron Boone get the call perfectly right, I believe Don LaGreca also hit the final score on the head. I don't know how that impacts their their – I don't think their picks are to be decided. I think Michael had already won that. I don't think he gets any extra points – should, for nailing the final score perfectly, you should get like 10 extra points based on that. That would lead to some real decision-making when you're coming up with the final score. 
But okay, it is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM ESPN New York, 1-800-919-ESPN is the phone number. And the poll question, which is up for today on Twitter, at Gordon Damer, is all about the most memorable aspect of the game. And uh, at least so far, people think it's Patrick Mahomes. But let's get some phone calls in. 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. We'll go out to uh, Lewis's in Whippany. Lewis, what's going on, my man? Hey, how you doing, Gordon? I'm good, man. What's up? Hey, hey, listen, I literally just got off the phone with Richard Sherman, and he was still talking about executing after the loss. Yeah, Richard Sherman had a rough night. (laughs) Kyle Shanahan had a rough night. Uh, You know what? That's... That's the sad part. This Super Bowl just felt like another Sunday, you know, and it's not supposed to feel like that. You know, it sucks that the most memorable part is Kyle Shanahan's play call, and mainly because we already saw what happened against the Patriots, you know, and it's like the same thing. Why would you come out, get five yards on the first run, and then pass twice? It just didn't, didn't make, make a whole lot sense of sense. And, and and look, if you're if you're gonna go if you're gonna play conservative, to be fair, to go devil's advocate. Playing it conservative, even the decision before the half, as much as I didn't like it, they did have a twenty to ten. They had a ten point lead with about eight minutes to go in the Super Bowl. So I just thought it was strange to go away from it there when that's the strength of your team. That's not the time to start to put the ball in the hands of Jimmy Garoppolo. That might have been the time right before the half. Gordon, when 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 my friend's wife, who doesn't even watch football, says out loud, "Why isn't they? Why aren't they stopping the clock?" And we're like, we don't know why he's not calling timeout. We really don't. Like, there's more than enough time to play. And then literally, like, what was it like? With 20 seconds left or 25, they make that big play to Kittle down the down the sideline. He passed, which, by the way, was probably one of the softest passing appearance calls out there. I, I understand with the forehand extension, but I, they should have just let it play. But it was just horrible play calling. Time management. I think he, I think he just decided, you know what? I'm gonna be Andy Reid for this game. I'm gonna be really bad with time management. That's, yeah. that's exactly what it was. Oh, look, I just I I don't understand the disconnect there. Especially the the biggest one to me is you get the ball back. It's time to all right. Let's let's recover from where we're at. It's a three point lead. We realize how quick strike of an offense that the uh, the Chiefs have, and at that point also. Your defense is starting to is starting to show little cracks, right? Like they've been asked to do an awful lot, and they've been able to do that. But you need to give them a little bit of a breather too. So to get the ball back, run for five on first down, and then throw two consecutive passes—that's the time I, to me. That doesn't make a whole lot of sense, especially after you get five yards on first down. It's about all right. Let's let's get a little momentum ourselves. And if you're able to pick up a first down there, or pick up a couple of first down there. I think that that's when you start to get rolling a little bit, and um, and I think the, the the tone of the game, at least at that point, who knows? Maybe you're not able to get a touchdown. Maybe you're only able to get a field goal, and the Chiefs will still come right back down the field, score a touchdown, and win the game. But it felt like that was when the game was really in the balance for the Niners. That was their last chance to instill their will on the game. And uh, Kyle Shanahan's decisions there, uh, the play calls themselves, I thought left a lot to be desired. Sal's in Aberdeen. Sal, what's going on? Hey, how you doing, Gordon? Yeah, I had a rough night like you last night. I mean, we're at my sister-in-law's house, and my wife is there, and my nieces, and my great niece is five months old, and they're they're up and down, they're talking so loud. Oh my god! It's like... game. It was it was a nightmare that part of it. I think I think next year we're gonna have it at my house because I have two rooms with two TVs and. I don't want to be a male chauvinist, but I think we'll stick the girls in one other room while we can watch the game. <laughs> yeah, no, don't say, don't go Marcus Morris on me, man. I don't need to get in any trouble. No. Okay. Yeah. Um, also, I, I think uh, with Kyle Shanahan, I think the moment was a little bit too big for him. I mean, I, you had John Lynch in, in the in, up in the booth going, you know, yeah, call that didn't help him. Yeah, you know, 
and um, uh, the ticky tack play with the uh, Kittle. I mean, I, I it's ticky tack, but you know, he did stretch his arm. Out. Yeah, no, you know, I really didn't have a pro- I didn't have a problem with that call there. I mean, look, it's a it's a huge call in the game, and you'd like to just kind of let them play. But if that's the rule yeah. that you, know, you extend your arm, and the problem with it was that he didn't really need to do that where the pass was. He didn't really need to to create that extra separation. He probably would have been able to pull that one down even without it. Right, and uh, and with the Williams play too. You, I mean, you you can't overturn no, that. No, absolutely. Slow motion five, six, seven times, and you still can't figure it out. You got to give him the touchdown. And one other thing, the commercial. I don't remember what it was for, but the one with Aquaman was was great. That's the one where he right. Yeah, no, yeah, he's taking off his arms and his hair and all those stuff. Yeah, but I mean, again, I don't remember. I remember that ad. Now that you say it, I don't remember what it was for. What was the product that they were selling? I have absolutely no idea. Unless it was for Aquaman. <laughs> that was the only thing. You know what of the, uh, I was thinking about in the break? You know what the other commercial that I remember? The, the ad for Google where the guy is like, uh, obviously somebody is. That was stuff- impressive. Oh, my God. Who approved that? Okay, Google, depress the hell out of me. Wow, that was that was sad. Remind me this. Remind me. No. Oh. That was terrible. They maybe Kyle Shanahan can have a, a Google reminder to remind him to run the ball when he's got six minutes to go up by three. We're all about Super Bowl Fifty Four last night. The Chiefs, your Super Bowl champs, after rallying from down ten in the fourth quarter. Patrick Mahomes named the Super Bowl MVP. Although to me, I think Damian Williams has a, a gripe, has a case to be made. Guy has 133 total yards, two touchdowns, including the go-ahead touchdown and the the touchdown that sealed the deal, the one we heard in the moment of inspiration that really put the game out of reach and, and, and really said, okay, Chiefs are winning the Super Bowl. To me, that's the guy who should have been the Super Bowl MVP. I get that the quarterback position is more important, but it was, and, and the third and 15 is the key play in that game. Because if you don't make, if you don't pick up that first down right there, I think it's pretty safe to say the Chiefs are not winning the Super Bowl. So I get why, and the quarterback, when in doubt, you're always going to go with the quarterback. But to me, it was, should have been Damian Williams that was the Super Bowl MVP. But congratulations to the Chiefs. Congratulations to Andy Reid, who now never has to hear again about not being able to win the big one. And maybe that's part of the reason why Patrick Mahomes was named the Super Bowl MVP because. He is so great. He was even able to save Andy Reid, who had uh, his team had uh, just 10 points through basically three and a half quarters of the game. But uh, congratulations to Kansas City. Waited a long time. And now the uh, the narrative, if you will, will no longer be about Andy Reid, but it certainly will be about Kyle Shanahan after the way his team performed uh, last night in the fourth quarter, down the stretch of that game, and, of course, combined with the last time he was in the Super Bowl as the offensive coordinator of the uh, Sam, uh, of the uh, Atlanta Falcons. So our poll question, which is up for today on Twitter, at Gordon Damer, is what was the most memorable aspect of the game last night? Was it Patrick Mahomes' play? Was it the ads? Was it the halftime? Was it Kyle Shanahan's decisions? At least so far, I think it's safe to say everyone has decided it is not the ads. The ads is trending at about uh, 3% so far. So (laughs) safe to say it was not that. It was not that. All right, let's get some more phone calls in. 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. We'll go to uh, Michael is in the car. Michael, what's going on, my man? 
Hey, Gordon. Uh, I just wanted to say, man, you make this this one hour. You squeeze everything out of this one hour that some of these guys can't 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 get out of four hour drive show. You you make the morning worth so so easy to drive in the morning. But I just wanted to to, to talk about uh, two commercials. One commercial was very emotional, but I appreciated the 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 the, the football player talking to his his younger self. Saying you're gonna make it through it, you just gotta you gotta keep on going. And then, uh, Michael, and then I gotta I, be honest with you, I must have won and gotten more big sandwich. I don't even remember what that ad was. Oh, uh, that's all right. That's all right. It, the commercials that, that's not what you was there for. That's fine. No. But I was gonna say the second commercial, maybe this year's one too. I thought it was a little funnier. Uh, Post Malone when he couldn't decide between the, right. the Budweiser and then the seltzer. Yeah, and he was destroying the store. Then at the end he says, "You got popcorn." I thought that was funny, but. Thank you, man. Appreciate you. Have a great day. All right, Michael. Thank you for the call. 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. Yeah, you know, I, I, maybe it was because I was more focused on the gambling aspect. I was more focused on that. And i got to be honest, I had a pretty good day yesterday. Not all the prop bets came in, but I did get a couple of them. We talked about them last week. I think we talked about them on the Friday show. I said about Damian Williams. I like Damian Williams a lot, mainly because he he's the only guy in the backfield, really, for the, for the Chiefs. And I said that I think the over-under for him was like 54 yards or something really, really low, and he blew that away. I think he had that by halftime. I'm almost sure he did. So that one was a very easy one. The uh, I said the under for George Kittle yards, which I did not feel all that great about it during the game because there were a lot of times where it did seem like he was open and Garoppolo was going in other directions, so that maybe is another knock on Jimmy Garoppolo because there was at least one where I think it was a third down, and you saw the video. Now he didn't he didn't like slap his hands down or, or, or show actual frustration, but you could tell that Kittle was like, "Dude, what are you doing, man? I'm wide open here." So Kittle was the over under for him was seventy yards. I think he had only about forty. And then the other one that I have, I, I, you have to be infuriated if you get this is why they call it gambling. The over-under for Patrick Mahomes' rushing yards, which was at 27. I didn't really get on it until it was at 30 and a half, and he had it. But then, remember, at the end of the game, he took that like long run and, and lost yardage. So you ended up losing that bet as a result. So I went two for one on those. I also had a couple other ones that I did not hit on. I hit on a couple of – I went with a couple of guys to score touchdowns that did not score touchdowns. Uh, but I did put in uh, Kyle Hucek. That was one of the guys that I play for the touchdown, so I got him. But I had uh, Hardman I had for a touchdown, did not hit on that one, obviously. I had another guy for a touchdown that did not hit. Maybe it was Sammy Watkins or something like that. But, uh, no, gambling uh, gambling turned out all right. Gambling turned out all right. But the halftime show, I don't know. It, uh, it was better, right? Like, just the visuals of it. I, I don't know. Me, I like a little bit more singing and a little less dancing. I'm not so much about the dancing in the halftime show. There was a lot of dancing in the halftime show. And what was funny to me was when J-Lo was doing her thing, I'm thinking to myself, what desperate ploy is Alex Rodriguez going to do to get some attention on him? I'm, I'm shocked that he hasn't done anything. And it wasn't until the halftime show was over that he put up the video of himself on yes, know, of course Instagram he did. or something, some, something somewhere. And he showed up in two commercials. From what I remember, yeah, he showed up in the one. I know again, I don't remember what it was an ad for, but uh, he showed up in the one where somebody stole uh, J Lo's cup or something, something like that. Like that. Yeah, 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 I don't remember what that. And was the other one for. was El President of Beer. That's what I remember. President of Beer. President of Beer. Oh, <laughs> uh, no, no recollection of all, at all about any of that. I think I was. You still probably on- got some snacks there. Yeah, I was big on the snacks last night. I, I got to calm it down, man. I got to get uh, back to. Uh, Eating right. Yesterday was, woof. You t- you think that Google ad was depressing. 
my uh, my uh, my diet yesterday was uh, pretty depressing as well. But now it's all upward and onward, right? The Super Bowl is now in the books, and the NFL season sadly is over. And now it's going to be, you know, a couple of weeks we'll get by, and then it'll be about the mock drafts, and we'll be looking ahead to the draft, and we'll be looking ahead to free agency. I guess one of the takeaways that you have for last night, and if it's a copycat league, what happens last night is, I think, going to impact some decisions in the league, especially for, I think, the bad teams. I brought this up on the Saturday show. Like, if the Niners had been able to win last night, I think that bad teams right now, teams that are completely, you know, rebuilding or, or whatever it is, might look at it and say, you know, we have to build our team to be a total team. We have to build our team with defense in mind and pass rush in mind and be able to shut down the other team. Whereas if the Chiefs win, you just think about, well, you know what? It's all about offense and it's all about the quarterback. And with the way last night played out, maybe it's simplistic to say, but when you have one quarterback leading his team back from 10 points down in the fourth quarter, making a couple of plays, and especially that third and 15, and the other quarterback with a chance to win the game, or at least a chance to regain the lead and make what would have been the most memorable play in that game on the pass to Emmanuel Sanders and is not able to cash it in, I think you really come back to, you know, one guy made the plays and another guy did not make the plays. And that's really the the takeaway uh, of Super Bowl 54. And so if you're a team of the Jets or the Giants and you're dreaming of someday seeing your team in that game, I guess it makes you feel good, right? Because the Chiefs had gone so long, 50 years. But, you know, it's weird because the Chiefs, while they haven't been to a Super Bowl in 50 years, at least over the last 15, 20 years, they've pretty much been a good team. It's not like they haven't had their opportunities to get to this point and they finally were able to cash in. Whereas the Niners, after the season they had a year ago, that was the much far more unlikely uh, scenario. But um, how things play out now, we'll have to wait and see. And the draft is not that far away. And it won't be long before we're talking about free agency as well. But now nine days until uh, pitchers and catchers for the Yankees, seven days for the Mets. And uh, baseball is right around the corner. And unlike the basketball teams in this town, unlike the football teams in this town, we should have two teams that actually give us something to watch throughout the course of this season because the Yankees, you know, are going to be pretty good. Things could not be, as things stand right now, things cannot be drawn up any better for them with the Astros dealing with what they're dealing with, the Red Sox going to be dealing with what they're dealing with, and the report over the weekend about the Red Sox coming close now to trading away Mookie Betts someplace. You know the Yankees are going to uh, be... I mean, the odds-on favorites to at least represent the American League in the World Series. And the Mets, well, I don't think they're the odds-on favorites. They're not even the odds-on favorite to get out of their division, but they have a win-now team. They have some talent. You're hoping now with the managerial decision things will be better that way where you're not getting so far back as they did a year ago. And now it's going to be all about the baseball in a summer and a spring where we should have a lot to watch between the Yankees and the Mets. All right, I guess that's going to do it for today, right? We're already out of time. It's amazing how quickly things fly by. Maybe I have to have a Google reminder to remind me to focus on the show. Oh, my God, that ad. Oof, that was a rough one. All right, please vote on the poll question. It's up on Twitter. It's at Gordon Damer. At least right now, people are saying it's Patrick Mahomes' play. There was one play. It was a third. It wasn't even a touchdown. It was a third and 15. That was huge. It was big. 
I don't know if necessarily next year when you're watching the Super Bowl and they run through all the amazing plays. Oh, that was another amazing thing that we didn't even mention. Before the game, the one, the all-time team, that was fantastic the way they did that, getting all those guys down there. There was one noticeable difference. I think the only guy that did not get the invite was OJ, and I'm pretty sure he's in Florida. I'm surprised he didn't. We'll see you tomorrow. This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN.